Support for the Emerging Texas Strong podcast comes from Texas Mutual Insurance Company, a workers' comp provider committed to helping companies build a stronger, safer Texas. On this episode of Emerging Texas Strong. The travelers have been thick since March this year. I don't know wherever else we could put people, maybe on the roof of the Big Texan. It's a full house. I mean, it goes and it goes. But the rest of the time, it's just going to be, you know, hour or two hour away to get in the restaurant. And, uh, and thank God we've been this way for quite a while. It, it helps. Welcome back to Emerging Texas Strong, a growing collection of stories, lessons, and advice from small business owners in Texas working hard to survive this pandemic economy. We follow a collection of businesses and weave their stories together as we navigate a full season of big picture topics like emotional intelligence at work, disruptions in the supply chain, and the business of bringing business back to the office. We're back with season two, and we're ready to tackle this next phase of the economic boom time and recovery as we emerge from the weight of this year-long pandemic that cooled so many sectors of the economy and supercharged others. But there's no doubt that in physics and the economy, any action has an equal but opposite reaction, and we're seeing that now. Episode one of season two is titled Boom Time. And we're talking to the businesses that are thriving, even though a year ago, the prognosis was uncertain. None of these companies was deemed essential at the start, but I think that each one has proven that they're essential, as we'll see, because they're part of the fabric of life in Texas. And they help keep us optimistic, fed, and they give us a sense of hope for the future, that the pieces of our past will still be here when we all emerge Texas strong. Now, I came across the Big Texan on a recent road trip I took up to Palo Duro Canyon, located just outside of Amarillo over Memorial Day weekend. My partner and I stayed at the KOA right down the road and passed this glorious yellow behemoth of a steakhouse with Texas flags flying, a giant cowboy boot, a giant heifer, and a giant dinosaur all waiting outside. They do say that everything is bigger in Texas, and I have a feeling that phrase might have gotten its start here. The Big Texan is an essential part of any road trip into the Panhandle, and Bob Lee and his team are ready to welcome you. Bob sat down with me right before the 4th of July holiday weekend to tell me how business is going this year and share some wisdom on how to keep them coming back generation after generation. My name is Bobby Lee, and I am the co-owner of the Big Texan Steak Ranch. My dad opened it in 1960 on Route 66. My brother Danny and I are the owners, uh, the second generation owners and operators of it. We serve thousands and thousands of people a year. Uh, this year we're on track to do about 500,000 people. Uh, it's in the middle of nowhere in the Texas Panhandle, but it's one of those things that just, it's the phenomenon. It's a perfect crossroads of the highways going to Dallas, to Denver, to Oklahoma City, to Albuquerque. We're kind of in the very center of it and catching all the wonderful people who want to come through and experience the Texas mystique. That's what the Big Texan is all about. Your father started the Big Texan 60 years ago. Can you tell me a little bit about the history of the Big Texan and how it came to be? He was here in the Texas Panhandle with two kids in the middle of the Texas Panhandle considering Altman a steakhouse in Emerald that represented the old Western uh, look, the old Western feel of what was a Texas Panhandle because he wasn't from this area, so he was able to see that there was lots of opportunity to present the cowboys to the thousands and thousands of tourists going through the Texas Panhandle on Route 66 in 1960. So he put a place in that was semi-Western, it had a lot of uh, uh, Western flair to it, but it didn't really have the true Texas uh, look and feel. And it 
opened and it was it was lightly accepted because a lot of the people up in the Texas Panhandle really don't like to embrace their Western heritage. They like to think of themselves as little Dallas or or little Houston. So it never really caught on until he started catching some business from some of the cowboys that worked at the stockyards, which was about five blocks away from there. And they had about 3,000 cowboys that worked there on a monthly basis. And these were the guys who would put their horses in the back of their pickups and go to work, work on horseback all day, and then put their horse in the back of their pickup and go back home. But he started catching them more and more because he would cash your paychecks and he would sell them nickel beer. And he had a big table right in the center of the dining room, right in front of the cook shack, that he would have these cowboys sit at because the more they would drink his nickel beer, the more they would become outlandish and and the true Texans that they really were. And this was fabulous for the tourist and for him because he knew he couldn't do that, but that's where the persona of the big Texan really comes from. It wasn't him. It was the idea that these cowboys could create these, my muscles bigger than yours, I can, I can drink a beer faster than yours, and the horses were in the back of these pickups in the parking lot, which made for a place that looked like this is where the cowboys were. So these people coming through the Texas panhandle that wanted to see the cowboys, this is where they were at. And that's where the big Texan really got its start. And he was smart enough to sit back and let him do whatever he wanted to do. In fact, the 72-ounce steak challenge came from this very same thing because they were always talking about how much more they could eat of the other cowboy than their bigger eaters. And he said, next Friday, I'll have 12 seats at this table, and if anybody wants to sit down, it's $5 a seat, and I'm going to bring out one-pound steaks over an hour period of time. And whoever eats the most will get the money in the hat. So he had 12 eaters. (laughs) He had 12 eaters at the table, and uh, the magic started. And one cowboy jumped out to two two one-pound steaks, swallowed them, and he said, well, bring me uh, one of the baked potatoes and some uh, mashed, some of those uh, shrimp cocktails and started eating other things just to show off in front of the other guys. And at the end of the hour, he had eaten four, four one-and-a-half-pound steaks, a baked potato, shrimp cocktail, rolled butter, and a tossed salad. And my dad said, from this day forward, anybody that comes into this restaurant and can eat what you ate, I'll give it to him free. And that's how the 72-ton steak was born. And that was 60 years ago, and it's still, it, the rules haven't changed, the recipes haven't changed. It's, it's the land that time forgot up here because this, you know, people going through Amarillo, they expect the same Roford dressing, they expect the same barbecue sauce, they expect everything to be the same as it was every time they come through here. So it's our responsibility to the traveler and to the heritage of the big Texan to keep it up that way. And, you know, uh, 61 years later, it's still going stronger than ever and, and, and still continues to grow. So we don't like to use the word, you know, it'll never happen again because you never know what's going to happen to the next person walks in the front door. What's your favorite part about the job? Favorite part about the job is I understand my product. I understand all facets of it. I understand that... Uh, one might be a motel stay at the Big Texan Motel. One might be a catering thing. One might be a limo. But I know enough about my product that I can come up with an idea and the ability to make that happen on the spot. You know, I don't have to go through corporate headquarters or anything else. I go to Danny and say, what do you think about this? He says, you're crazy. Well, I can make this work. And we're able to make things work like that. And that's that's what's really fun about it. It's, it's the ability that to have an idea and to be able to execute it and, and see it come you know, to fruition and success with it. So that's always real fun. But the most important thing is the food and the service and those people saying those three famous words, you know, I'll be back. This is great. You haven't changed it. So it's always nice to hear that and to see them coming back, especially when they come back with their kids and their kids and their grandkids. So it's fun. 
What steps did you take to make sure you found new ways to thrive during the pandemic? We uh, put together some of our other, um, I'm going to call them ancillary facilities, like the Starlight Ranch, uh, which is a concert venue. We also have the Big Texan RV Park. RVs exploded during the pandemic, and we had a 120-slip RV park that was called the Big Texan RV Park. And the thing exploded during the pandemic. And it was really kind of funny because it, was, uh, it wasn't it was your regular RV drivers. It was your not your grandma and grandpa's RV. It was the young 23, 24, 25, 26-year-old uh, kids that had just bought these things and they're becoming popular to keep a social distance or, or whatever they, the reason they bought them for. And you could always tell that they were new to it because they, they certainly didn't know how to drive them or back them. I mean, they'd tear up all your planners and your plugins and stuff, but uh, the RV business exploded and we were able to really promote on billboard and social media about the fact that, you know, if you're coming through Amarillo, you can stay, you can see a concert, uh, get, and we'll have a limo pick you up from your RV, take you down to the restaurant. So there were a lot of things that we were able to tie into and put underneath the big Texan umbrella that wasn't done that way in the past. Marketing-wise, like I said, it's uh, we don't really advertise a lot on, on a local basis, especially this last year, because we have been so busy with the tourists coming through. Uh, people weren't flying. Uh, they were uh, wanting to go to the wide-open spaces. And Amarillo is, is, is the gateway into the mountains, into the Wyomans, into the Colorados from so many people in the southern cities. So Amarillo's occupancy in the hotels and highway business was the best in Texas for many, many months now. We have more hotel rooms per capita than any city like that. And our occupancy on our hotel rooms is the highest it's ever been. It's the highest in the state right now. And it's only because it's such a pass-through market that we're able to capitalize on that. And what did we do? We went out and looked at the billboard market, and there was so much unsold inventory on the billboards that we were able to pick up a lot more billboards. And we cooperatively work with the Convention and Visitors Bureau about doubling up on these billboards with the free 72 on stake, visit Amarillo.com. So it was a nice, a nice tie-in to where we were able to do some cooperative marketing. So it worked out really well because we knew where the people were coming from. And in marketing, that's everything, the right message to the right people at the right time. So we were able to accomplish that uh, by cooperative marketing and getting the signs up on the highway and putting underneath the come up, see a concert, and then, you know, you got an RV slip to stay in. So it worked out really well for us. Are the customers you're seeing different this year than the customers you've seen in the past? And are you capturing a new market or do you expect the old market to actually revive at some point? Well, you know, with the international travelers before the pandemic, we did about 28% of our business was international. The tie-in with the Route 66, uh, the the mystique of the Big Texan, the 72-ounce steak, so many international travelers during the slower uh, off-season type uh, travel would come through in their shoulder seasons, and it was it's always been really good for us. And then we also tied in with a lot of international medias. Plus, the international medias were picking up the man versus food shows. A lot of the shows that were on our food networks are now were redubbed, uh, subtitled, and put into their markets. And we're seeing benefits from all kinds of different ideas with that. Um, one of the biggest things I, I think that we've really my son was able to come into is uh, they just kind of graduated and they came back in and looked at our live camera, the 72 on stake on bigtexan.com. And people were always fascinated all over the world that they could go there and watch somebody eat the 72 on steak. Well, they put their heads together and they created a YouTube channel and really buffed up the, the video images of the people eating the steak. In fact, they're even talking about putting a, a, 
um, a device in that you can talk to the eaters while they're eating the 72-ton steak. But we found out just how big that was because we had different countries like Australia, New Zealand, uh, Ireland that would call, and they said, this is so-and-so pub. And we'd get an email from them and say, you know, your camera's down. Can you please tilt the camera up a little bit more? We have a lot of people come in and like to bet on the steak eaters. <laughs> so there's, there's betting going on all over the world when people are down there. And, and we see so much of the international people coming in, and they know where the camera is, and they'll go up there and they'll call home, their home country, and wave to the people and communicate with them on that. So we've done a lot with, 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 with that uh, aspect of the business, the, the, the video and the, and the YouTube channel now. So with the 72 Steak Eaters, it's, and who would have thought they'd sit around watching this thing all day long, but they, but they do. I mean, it's just it's shocking to us. And I mean, <laughs> if that's what they want to sit and watch, and, and it's, it's great with us. They were even giving our employees names. Uh, I mean, it's... it's it's a strange world out there and getting stranger, (laughs) but it works. Wait, so we can go watch all these challengers try to eat this massive 72 ounce steak. What's the website so we can all play along at home. Yeah, they can go bigtexan.com and on there it says 72 ounce steak watch live. And if you watch live, you can go in there right now and see the table with people eat steaks and the whole dining room. So it's, and this is this is international thing. So, like I said, once that international market opens up, we will the travelers will be back from there, all excited about it, excited about watching the seventy ton steak being eaten at some bar and getting to bed on it, and then they get to go in there and actually sit there and, and and see it. So, it's we're looking for some good times with that. One of the things I love most about talking to Bob Lee is that it's clear he loves his job as a second generation owner operator of the Big Texan. And he's exceptional at it, too. We could all learn a thing or two from him about running a storied brand and how to make it work through the obstacles. When we come back from break, we'll meet two more small businesses in Texas that have to wipe the smiles off their face and the sweat off their brows as business booms in the recovery. Support for this program comes from Texas Mutual Insurance Company, a safety-focused workers' comp provider supplying information and resources that can help Texas employers stop accidents before they happen. More at texasmutual.com. And now, back to our show. Summer is an important season for so many small businesses in Texas. It's the time when kids are out of school and families are looking for fun, but it's also the best window of opportunity for a family to move into a new home between school years. Our next two guests are going to shed some light into two more industries that are booming in 2021. Outdoor water parks, as we speak to Matt Chiracco of Typhoon Texas at their headquarters in Katy, Texas, and luxury house sales in the North Dallas suburbs of Plano and Frisco with Patricia Mahanda of Keller Williams Real Estate. My name is Matthew Jiraco. I work at the uh, Katy Houston Park for Typhoon Texas. Uh, we have a sister park in Pflugerville in Austin. We started out in 2016. A couple of our owners are A&M graduates that decided there was enough family entertainment in the Houston area. And some conversations happened and they decided they wanted to bring a water park here in the Houston area so families can come and enjoy themselves. And like we had a really good year and it grew. They purchased another park in Austin, kind of get that same experience out in that area. And that's kind of how we got our start. What do you love most about your job? I would say I have more fun here than I don't. And that means a lot. Most of our employees are young ones that come in, first jobs, and it's a chance to introduce them to like life working for a company, um, develop them, and some of them stay with us for several years. And just seeing the growth like year after year as they come back every summer, I find it really rewarding and I do enjoy that. What kind of metrics are you watching to guide your decisions this year? 
there's a lot <laughs> to kind of watch and monitor. But so we have targets and goals with like emission, revenue, season pass. So all those things try to tell the story of the season and where we're going and how well we're doing. So um, with the departments that are kind of under my purview, like the season pass and um, gate emission are more of what I watch because those kind of walk through right by my area and my concern. We're trending above our targets for the season. We're trending well above those with our season pass sold and our mission currently. Are you able to accommodate the influx of new customers and adapt to the changing guest interactions in 2021? I would say yes, we're keeping up with demand. Uh, parking is an issue at times. Um, people are interacting with the park differently than they have in previous years. Whereas um, previous years, like the typical stay was like two to three hours. People would come in, have some time in the water park, and they'd head out, go get lunch, be done for the day. And I we get we turn over the park often uh, throughout the day. Now people, this has started last year, people come and they stay for the day. So um, we're having our parking is much more stressed than it had been previous years, seeing comparable numbers simply because people are interacting with the park differently. And when they come, um, they're staying all day. But in that same vein, they're spending more because instead of leaving for lunch and not coming back, they're um, they're staying here and purchasing our food, which is good. But we have to like balance that and figure out a way to like have place for everybody to park and come enjoy the park as well. But inside the park, we're fine. It's just outside. We have to reevaluate how we do our parking. Do you think you'll be able to continue to capture these new clients who've just started coming to Typhoon Texas since the pandemic? Well, so I, I know we've expanded our customer base just like during that really tight time when a lot wasn't being open. So I think we've opened ourselves up to a much larger market in Houston. Um, people that either didn't want to make the drive or didn't like realize we were there. Um, I think a lot of more people are aware of us now and that moving forward and as things get back to normal, I think that can really help us like grow the business and have bigger years. Our final guest is the warm and wonderful Patricia Mahanda, a real estate agent in North Texas. Patricia has a wealth of insight to share about the unprecedented boom in housing sales, both new and resale, in the markets of Frisco and Plano. I'm Patricia Mahanda. I'm a real estate agent in Plano, Texas. I've been in a business since 2015. I am married and a mother of three. I love what I do, as I tell my client. From your first call to the closing table, I'll be there with you. We were originally from Africa, but then I was in D.C. for about 20 years. I was working at the World Bank and my husband with the federal government. And then we got transferred here with my husband. And I was looking for something similar to the World Bank. What is that? Interacting with people all the time. Because with the World Bank, we had different programs in different countries. I travel 54 countries, different background, culture, and so forth. So I was looking for that. And when I came to Texas, I realized that real estate was giving me that and more. So that's how I ended up um, into real estate business. Frisco is the new New York. It's the new LA. It's a new DC where you find, for instance, in my, in my neighborhood, my next door neighbor is from Germany. And across from me is from Japan, and then I have someone from Plano or from Texas, and then here I am. You know what I mean? So the way I look at Frisco, the way it's coming up, it, it's a very nice neighborhood with diversity where you find people from all over, and that's what makes the beauty of it. That's what I love about this place because you go in my son's classroom and you find all these people from different places. But yet all of us, we speak English and all of us, we are American. So I love that. 
do you remember about what month or what season people started picking up the pace and starting to buy again? Yeah, I definitely remember when around June, because this thing started in February, March, and I have a clear idea. I had about probably 12 contracts that was canceled for the month of March alone. And my um, team leader then, she reached out like, hey, Patricia, I just heard, um, and I saw your cancellation. You have about 12. Is everything okay? I was like, well, I'm fine. You know, it's just a shift. We're going to make this happen. So that was February, March. Around June, you wonder like, oh my God, can I create another Patricia? Can we have two of us? Because it was so, <laughs> it was so much that you're like, I'm not going to handle this. So that that was the shift starting in maybe in June, because I think at that time, then we already figured out, okay, this thing is going to be here for long enough. It's going to be here for a while. We just have to learn how to live with it. That's number one. Number two was the interest rate. The interest rate went so low that everybody was like, okay, if there's any time I wanted to buy, this should be the time to purchase. And it started picking up. So from June, it's like I wanted to create a mini, mini Patricia. And so we can start all over again. <laughs> How are you keeping up? Do you just work a million hours? So, so what... How I keep up with the job, with the with the workflow, actually, I ended up hiring a full-time assistant, and now I have a showing agent. Uh, if you could have told me this in a million years, that in the middle of pandemic, that's when I'm going to go and hire folks, I would say probably not. <laughs> but yes, it did happen. Speaking of shift again, it, it, it's in one package, we had the beauty, and then we had the, the not-so-good. So the not so good, it's when you're losing people and the pandemic and all that. But the beauty, the business just boomed completely. And I ended up hiring folks. And, and now we are we are here trying to um, really to keep up, to keep up with the pace. So just to give you an idea um, where I am today, this is the month of July. It's just the beginning of July. Where I am today, it has surpassed what I did the entire last year. And I'm among the top, top agents. But just to give you an idea, like it, it surpasses by far. It's almost doubled what, what I did last year. I don't even know how it happened. I keep looking like, what are the numbers again? You know, when we have a meeting on Mondays, I was like, come again? You know, when the assistant is going to tell us where we are. I say, can you repeat that again? Because it, it, it's almost um, something that it, I, I didn't imagine that it could have happened. But yes, it, it's happened. What kind of factors do you think are contributing to that? Are you seeing an influx of new people moving to Texas? Are you just seeing people wanting more space? What are what are the factors you think? Uh, when I'm looking at it in, with, with my the type of clientele that I have, uh, it's, it's more people are coming out of state because um, with COVID, I guess a lot of employees have learned how to, um, they've realized that someone can work virtually like from home without being in the office and still do well. So now I've heard that um, some companies in New York and Massachusetts, New Jersey, because before it was just California, California, but now I've, I've seen a lot of Massachusetts, New Jersey, New York, that are relocating here and they're not looking for jobs here, but they come in with their jobs, right? And, and, and 
then I started asking questions like because I wanted to understand what's going on. And another company moved here that I was not aware of, <laughs> but no, it was not the case. It's just to let them work from home as long as they're in the US. So we see a lot of shift from the northern uh, of the country, like um, Massachusetts, New Jersey, New York, even some from DC became this way. So we are looking at, yeah, it's a lot of shift. I'm excited about it, you know, we are growing and it's good for the business. Yeah. What lesson I've learned and do I have an advice for the other businesses out there? This is my advice and this is the lesson I've learned throughout the pandemic. Um, yes, I did so well, but then yes, I saved as much as I could because there's one thing I know, this is not going to be always like this. It's going to change. We have some ups and downs in a real estate business, and I believe any other businesses. So if there's anything I plan more for my future, that's one. Uh, one thing that I also learned is community. Build your community. Once you build a community, it's going to go a long way. Through pandemic, I learned to pay attention, to look at my surrounding, who's around me, who may need the help that I may be able to provide at that time. So I found myself a lot of times doing that, like paying for folks grocery and just check on them, see how you're doing. And honestly, that has, um, first of all, it's, it's very satisfying, at least for me. And number two, looks like doors opens, like there's, there's no tomorrow. Like people remember those things, but this is who I am and that's what I do. So that will be my advice through the pandemic. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Emerging Texas Strong. Let's take a second and review a few things that might be useful to you from this episode. Number one, understand your product, what you're really selling, and to whom, so you can be ready to shift and capitalize on that information when the time is needed. And make sure there are plenty of baked potatoes and Rockford dressing ready to go once you do. Number two, as show gal Gypsy Rose Lee said, you gotta have a gimmick. So if you can find a way to get tradition, nostalgia, or Texas mystique as part of your allure, that is a powerful thing. Number three, a little virtual goes a long way. Find free ways to share what you're doing with the world, and you never know when you'll get a call from some pub in New Zealand telling you that people are betting on your customers before they glut themselves on camera for fun. Number four, if you are in an industry that thrived during the pandemic, you likely reached a brand new customer base because of the shifting markets. Make sure you work to retain those new clients as behaviors and trends shift back to normal life post-recovery. And number five, we're seeing a lot of shift and the influx of new families moving into Texas from everywhere. Now is a great time to do your part to reach out, help your neighbors, and build communities. It's a time of monumental growth for Texas, and it's also good for business. Speaking of which, if you're enjoying this podcast or have found it useful, please share an episode with a friend. We want to grow Emerging Texas Strong as a free resource for business owners. So send it to someone who could use these lessons to be happier and healthier business owners. Join us next week for Episode 2, Leaner, Faster, Stronger, and More Profitable, where we'll discuss how business owners use this downtime to learn how to do more with less and are now emerging from the pandemic with a new operating model that is lean and ready to make some big profits. Podcast production, interviews, edits, sound design, and office snacks for the Emerging Texas Strong podcast are done by Lindsay Lindbergh. Bios and business information for all guests featured in Season 2 can be found on EmergingTexasStrong.com. Find out how you can work with them 
and make sure you support Texas Small Business. To share the hope, the journey, the struggles, and the advice, be sure to follow, like, rate, and subscribe to Emerging Texas Strong on the web so that each episode shows up directly in your podcast feed. Also, I'd super appreciate it. And if you're enjoying the show and you want to show us some love, leave a five-star review. It'll help more people find us. Follow us on Facebook and LinkedIn at Emerging Texas Strong or Twitter at Texas Strong Pod, where I'll be posting such gems from episode one as my travel photo in front of the Big Texan Steakhouse Ranch in Amarillo, details for an upcoming late night neon nights at Typhoon Texas, the book Shift mentioned by Patricia Mahanda, and a link to watch the live stream of the 72-ounce Steak Challenge at Big Texan, all mentioned in today's show. And if you'd like to be interviewed, please reach out. Contact at EmergingTexasStrong.com. Emerging Texas Strong is a production of Earnest Media. If you are interested in sponsoring a heartful podcast focused on the journey of Texas business owners for a focused market audience, we'd love that. Email contact at EmergingTexasStrong.com. Remember, you've got a friend somewhere in Texas who's rooting for you. I'm your host, Lindsay Lindbergh. Join us next time for more stories of Texas small business on Emerging Texas Strong. Support for the Emerging Texas Strong podcast comes from Texas Mutual Insurance Company, a workers' comp provider committed to helping companies build a stronger, safer Texas. And it's big. Everything's big in Texas. <laughs> God, it's kind of corny. Yeah.